Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, how you doing? It's October 28th. And at this point in one week, the election will be over, if not decided. But uh, man, we're getting close. Time crawls. Um, I want to um, share with you something I was thinking about. And that is, and it, and it bodes, I guess, ill in general, because it's about the commodification of everything in our culture. So things that I don't think used to be commodified, certainly not as much, um, are, and to the extent they are now, essentially about making money rather than their initial intent, uh, they are corrupted. I'm talking about politics, politics, elections, media, coverage of said elections. I don't know why I was sitting here and I I had this flashback to watching the last debate and how I had been confused earlier in the day because everywhere I looked to see what time is the debate, I saw um, that it was at eight o'clock. And I thought, wow, finally early enough for those of us in the Eastern time zone. And then in the uh, television grid, I saw nine o'clock and I thought, what? Wait a minute. So I thought, which is it? What it was is when I was seeing the that information brought to me by the people who were going to commodify the debate. <laughs> that would be the cable networks, and um, I think mostly it was the cable networks. I was told it was an hour before it really began. So if that was my piece of information, I would have tuned in at 8 o'clock, and there would have been no debate for well over an hour since it didn't really start at 9 on the dot either. And so that right there is an indication of how we're misled all the time so that we can be herded onto or into these arenas that need us to make money. I'm so sick of it. So for an hour, these people yap and talk, say nothing we have not heard about before. Tell us what we're going to hear Suppose this, imagine that, who knows if what, a waste of time, but they're making money. And so even the debate, which ostensibly exists so that voters can get information about the candidates, we are offered instead what has become this meaningless show. Everything has become a show. When the current president is always talking about ratings, uh, it shows he is somewhat aware of what the game is. 
It's how he came, made this incredibly seamless transition from one media outlet in which he starred in a reality show to all media outlets by starring as the president. It's all a show. Our culture has become sort of like one big world wrestling federation event. We're, we're just in a show or a bad comic book. It's that crass. It's that corrupted. I don't know. I don't know if I even said that right or if it makes any sense at all. But I'm so sick of being party to this. And I swear to God, I'm going to pull away. I'm not going to be played constantly by them. I'm done. I get the, I, I see it. I'm, I'm, I'm media literate, have been for some time, and yet still get pulled in. I just can't anymore. I can't. I was thinking, you know, my list of villains, <laughs> as you know, Roger Ailes, who really figured out how to make news into entertainment. And then when he did, the other supposedly reputable news outlets uh, learned from him and learned in ways where you had to have women on set that were where we made that total transition back to total eye can candy for babes. You needed babes. You needed them to show as much flesh as they could. So all of a sudden sleeves disappeared. Legs appeared. That was just one thing that showed you that this was not serious about news. This was entertainment. But in my list, Ailes looms large. But I have really decided, and I know I've mentioned this before, that maybe the most loathsome of all is the guy who is respected. He's not in Ailes category, maybe because we at least haven't heard that he's raped and sexually abused uh, women in his employ. But it is the head of CNN. It's Zucker. I'm blanking on his first name, but it's him. Because this is a guy. And, you know, if you saw the movie Network, this is all, this is, you know, it was prescient. It had it. It figured it out. Figured it out decades before anybody else had. Saw what was happening and where it was all going. And so Zucker rose through the ranks at NBC. Did the Today Show, produced the Today Show. And then he rose to producing all entertainment at NBC. Now, the Today Show was entertainment. I know some people think those morning shows are new shows. They are not. They don't even pretend they are. Those are entertainment shows. So he then goes to head all entertainment programming at, MS, M, at NBC, and he partners with a lo another loathsome character who brought us to, what, Survivor was his first, and uh, that is, what, his name, Barnett. 
And these two came up with this great idea. Let's get that blowhard Donald Trump and let's do a reality show with him. And so they took a shot. Who knew if it would work? They did it, but Zucker was the one really behind it. He totally bought into Mark Burnett's Mark Burnett's pilot. And so it's Zucker who created this Trump persona who broadcasted out into every corner and bailiwick in the country this idea that this was a guy in charge, that this was a guy who was a billionaire, that this was a guy who knew how to get things done, a no-nonsense guy. And that played for year after year after year to a media illiterate public. Right? And so... Donald Trump playing this character, Donald Trump, became Donald Trump. And so when he made the transition for the character to descend that escalator and alert his credulous followers that Mexicans were rapists and murderers come to kill them, man, he was in. And so many of us thought, well, this is absurd, obviously. I mean, this guy can't be taken. This is absurd, right? Well, now we see it wasn't. And no sooner had Zucker elevated Trump to this position than he made off and went to head CNN. Where? What did he do there? He gave over his so-called news operation, not entertainment, news operation to almost 24-7 coverage of Donald Trump because nobody knew better than Zucker how much a draw this guy was. And so even though there was another candidate, her name was, what was it, what was it, Hillary Clinton, she didn't get her every speech, every move covered, but Zucker covered every move of Donald Trump the star he made. And that outsized coverage by CNN and then by the other copycats who saw that, hey, man, this guy is ratings gold. Commodification. And they helped. They helped America elect this man by a whisker. If CNN had not covered his every move, if CNN had not made him into the star he was, and in fact, NBC before him, there would be no Trump presidency. And I assure you that this complicity will continue after the election next week. It's a hard reality. Thank you, Amy. It's Jeff. How did you know I couldn't think of his first name? I, uh, he's on my list. Zucker, Ailes, McConnell, more so than Trump. Trump is their trained monkey. Seriously. Ed writes, what do you think... America's reaction would be to the equivalent of two Boeing 747s crashing every day. 
because that's essentially the lives being lost every day from COVID. Why the low energy reaction, he says. Surely someone in the Democratic Party could have figured a way of using this comparison during the last month. Um, again, I think I've said this before, numbers, numbers, big numbers especially, uh, it is difficult for people to absorb. Um, I think the impact of the pandemic is, uh, the political impact is occurring on a much more granular level from people burying their own, from people separated and terrified and unable to get to sick relatives. I think that, I, I just saw a number that uh, I don't trust it, but that Biden's up by something like 17 points in Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin is the hottest of spots, right? It'd be hard to find anyone in Wisconsin right now who doesn't know somebody who has it or has come to it. And I think that, more than anything, will turn Wisconsin Biden. I don't know by that huge amount. But even though this idea that, yes, it's like two Boeing 747s going down every day. But because, and that would be, yes, that'd be huge because it's visual. <laughs> Again, what draws our eyes, it's visual. It's horrific video, and there's really no way to do horrific video on corona because it's, again, individuals dying alone in beds, in hospitals, and people. And we're inured now to this sense of, you know, these strangely garbed people tending to them. I think we're numbed since we've seen it now for well over half a year. I'm not sure that those Americans who can't believe it or get their heads around it or refuse to, I don't know that there's any reaching them. I think people, most of us know. Most of us see. And after the Supreme Court yesterday made sure that a number of Wisconsin voters will not have their votes counted, and that could hold true for here, I am here to tell you that if you have not mailed in your ballot yet, then you've got two choices, and one is not to mail it. Not anymore. If you have not, for whatever reason, mailed your ballot in now, you got two choices. One, you drop it off in person anytime this week, or you vote in person. But I wouldn't trust the U.S. mail. And the reason I wouldn't trust the U.S. mail now, even though I used it and it worked, is because they are inundated now. They have been crippled by the Trump administration, as you know. All of those sorting machines are still dismantled. But I'm looking at this, and it says right here, the U.S. Postal Service estimates that it could take two weeks for an absentee ballot to be mailed out and returned. Well, I guess what that means is if you have not 
gotten your forget it you've got to vote in person okay but i think a lot of people are suggesting don't don't put it in a mailbox anymore it's iffy and do not god forbid stick your ballot in and send it with ups or fedex because that will not count i'm not sure about pennsylvania but i'm quite i think it won't count here because many states will not accept ballots if they are delivered by a private carrier and anyway states require a, a postmark and that can only come from the postal service right and there is this the republicans are still contesting Pennsylvania's intent after our state Supreme Court ruled that ballots postmarked by November 3rd could still be counted even if they arrive after. They can still be counted for three days after. Given what they just said <coughs> to Wisconsin voters, odds are they're going to close that down here, too. Because now we know what that Supreme Court is about. It is as much an enabler as Mitch McConnell and all the rest. It is simply a political organ doing its job. So all of that is a little unsettling. Which brings me to, <laughs> Paul sent me this. I've since seen it myself, but I get his initial reaction. He said, when I first saw this, I thought it was a joke. You know, how often is that? Is that the preface in these last four years to something you read? about the Trump administration. You read something or something that was said or something they claim or and you say this is the onion, right? This this is a joke, right? And as we got to know the Trump administration better, we stopped saying it as much, but amazingly we still do. And Paul in this case, 4 years in did say I first actually thought this was a joke. But the fact is, he was looking at a press release from the White House posted on the White House's website, not The Onion. And here's what he saw. The White House's Science Policy Office on Tuesday ranked ending the COVID-19 pandemic atop the list of President Trump's first-term accomplishments. You can see why somebody who has a brain cell or two still functioning would, upon reading that, say, this is a joke, right? One of Donald Trump's top accomplishments is, quote, ending the COVID-19 pandemic. God almighty. It goes on to say that the administration took decisive action to engage scientists <laughs> and health professionals in academia and industry and government to understand, treat, and defeat the disease. George Orwell, where are you, bud? You warned us. You told us. 
who told us about the power of language and repetition of seemingly absurd claims, but repeated with a straight face by people in power over and over again, and then by media outlets acting as propaganda arms, masquerading as media outlets over and over again. You told us in rather entertaining form, right? And now we see it. We live it. Russ says, look, if two Boeing planes went down every day in the Trump domain, the Trump administration would just tell people that it's only a small percentage of all the planes that are flying. Just ignore it. Fly Trump Airways. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean... We, we do know at this point that uh, reality does, does not intrude upon Donald Trump's consciousness. If anything, it's like an annoying gnat buzzing around that he has to bat away every once in a while. So he's... I don't know where he's holding his super spreader events today, but that was a doozy in Omaha last night. Huh? Amazing. 6,000 people. That's not his count. He said 29,000. 6,000 people in 30-degree temperatures came out. And, you know, to go to one of these things, you have to go early, and then you just stand. So they stood there in the cold. Of course, without wearing masks, huddled together for warmth. He came in and did his song and dance and then flew away. And thousands of them got stranded in the cold. I've seen different numbers, but as many as nine people were taken by ambulance to hospitals because they had hypothermia or in general had just given way to um, exhaustion, whatever. Another great Trump operation in which the people who had attended were not thought of at all once they had served their purpose but there were not enough buses to take them the four miles to where they had been told to park their cars. So he puts people in the hospital one way or the other. <laughs> just, just unbelievable. And if you think he lost a moment of, you know, with concern about what had happened, if anyone even bothered to tell him. You're nuts. He wouldn't care one bit. Hey, I got a good story here. Um, you know, I, uh, I suppose like many of you, I have that app on my phone next door, which... I mean, it's great for yentas and gossips and stuff because it tells you things that are happening around. Someone broke into a car and, you know, on my street or watch out for this or I've got, you know, here's some junk I have. Anybody want it? Or, you know, who's a good plumber around? It is stuff like that. Every once in a while, it really, it really comes in handy. <clears throat> um. So I rarely look at it, but I happened to the other day, and I saw a picture of a young woman cradling an adorable wet dog. She's holding him. Looks to be about a 35-pound dog. She's cradling him and hugging him. 
and there's a police officer I can see, two police officers actually in the background. And what I have in front of me is actually the police report <laughs> about this. Um, although she also posted it on, here is a police report, October 22nd. And um, it says here, incident type, rescue, location zone five. And, you know, it's in very, it's not written like a reporter would write it because this story is actually, you know, it's, it's a real human interest kind of story. But this is just the bare bones cop report. Pittsburgh EMS, divers, fire, police, emergency management, and park rangers responded to a report of a trapped dog in the Carnegie Lake at Highland Park around 1.15 p.m. Now, listen to that litany. So this woman called 911 and said, my dog is in the lake and is trapped. Can't get out. I can't get him. He's trapped. Fire, police, emergency management, park rangers, and ultimately EMS divers in full gear responded. And you want to defund the police. Says here, a nearby Pittsburgh park ranger arrived and discovered the dog had fallen into the lake and became wedged. The park ranger entered the water, attempting to retrieve the dog. Obviously, the park ranger couldn't, which is interesting. Where the hell was this dog trapped? A guy actually went into the water and couldn't get him out. So then Pittsburgh EMS divers were called, and they did get the dog out from an opening under the slab. Now, obviously, I want to know so much more because obviously the dog wasn't underwater. It'd be dead. Anyway. The last line is, um, you know, it's just bare bones. Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. The Yorkshire Terrier was safely retrieved by divers and returned to its owner. And I'm looking at the picture of the <laughs> drowned cute dog held by its, oh, my God, must be so relieved uh, owner. But the it's so, I love it. I love it. Fire, police, emergency management, park rangers, and EMS divers all responded. Dog trapped in lake. So there you have it. That's my, uh, that's, that's my uh, good news of the day. You know, one of the things I'm hoping, I'm afraid to hope, that as soon as this election is toast, I will stop having to delete about, I'm going to try not to exaggerate here, delete about 90, maybe even over 100 emails, not to mention texts, not to mention phone calls that I am assaulted with, right? You too? Every day. I don't want to read. I mean, you just, it's just maddening. Some are, some are, they're all mostly just still looking for money, 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 money. Give us money, 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 money. And oh my God, money. Commodification. And I'm sort of hoping that after this, um, it'll, it'll stop. But you know what? It ain't gonna. I read this disquieting article. 
And it's about how they, and this is people who have commodified you, and there's a lot of them, but they have commodified, and I'm sure most of us know this by now, right? Information about you from everything, from how much debt you have, what you make, what your ethnicity is, what your religion is, what your gym habits are, whether you have a gun, what kind of car you drive. I kid you not. Easily gotten. Because there are people who saw an opportunity to commodify you, me, and everybody else, and then sell that information, of course, to advertisers, political parties, and campaigns. So if you want to know what a campaign knows about you, it's pretty much everything. And any sense that you have any privacy, people who think they have privacy, it's a riot. Because in these campaigns, what data is what the campaigns want. They want to know who you are, what they can surmise about you. The Republican National Committee has more than three thousand data points on every single voter. Three thousand pieces of information about you. I can't even imagine what three thousand pieces of information about me would be. It's unbelievable. And so they can tap into the commercial data brokers and others on social media, also smartphone tracking techniques. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. None of us consented, did we? Maybe there was fine print somewhere, but none of us consented. Your credit score, they know it, even if you don't. And all of this is legal <laughs> because would politicians make it illegal to gather and get this information that allows them to hold office, retain office? The reporter who wrote this said, uh, wow, <laughs> she's just stunned. Obviously, state voter files are available to anybody. They're semi-public because, well, they aren't, I guess they're not, they're available to me as a journalist, and they're available to campaigns, to parties, um, and they have people's, they have your email, they have your phone numbers, they have your party affiliation, right, all of that information. And where do they get that? They get that because banks, your bank sells them information. TV companies, apps, subscriptions you hold. This reporter looked on her. She found one that had 700 data points on her, including her hobbies. And one said she was a home decor enthusiast, which was news to her. So every time you engage with a politician, every time you click on one of these things, you're adding to their data trove on you. Everything you do. If you sign up for something, if you agree to something, and you know all that does is then make 
more and more and more things flood into you. Even if you're just poking around on the internet, on websites for information, they're collecting that. Oh, and man, if you're on Facebook, give it up. Give it up. Thousands upon thousands of data points is nothing in comparison to what Facebook collects. And not just on Facebook, off of Facebook they're collecting. Now Facebook says, we don't sell, we don't sell that data to anyone. But it knows how to target ads, and that is extraordinarily valuable, which is why Trump, Biden, and their campaigns have spent more than $200 million on Facebook. So I just want to say that Again, I started by talking about the commodification of everything. And this is just another reality. I don't think there's any changing it. But we need to be aware so we aren't as easily played because we are played every second of every day. Every time you turn on a screen, your phone, the television, the radio, you are being played by people who aren't just throwing things at the wall hoping something will stick, by people who have algorithms that say you are the person that they've got a shot at. And it's not going to stop. It's just going to get worse. Hey, we've got a, um update from Dave in Washington who informed us in a very spirited, uh, happy-go-lucky manner yesterday that he's tested positive. He writes this. Uh, I can't imagine why anyone with a brain is waiting until the last minute to mail in their vote. I would say they don't fall under the category of informed voter if they can make their mind if they can't make their minds up by now. So anyone who doesn't get their ballot in on time is a vote really trust anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know. Every vote should count no matter how uninformed or idiotic it is. But seriously, I can't imagine it's going to be that many, and it's a toss-up who any one vote would be for. They could just as easily be throwing away votes for Trump, vote early. I'm feeling okay. I've noticed I feel pretty good in the morning and then lousier as the day goes on. But all in all, not too bad. Bored out of my skull. It's startling how much crap there is on TV. And of course, I can't go anywhere. Thought about having a bowl full of sauerkraut with Louisiana hot sauce, dill pickles, and cloves with a side of mustard for breakfast. What? Oh my God. Well, I just gotta wait. Gotta sauerkraut with Louisiana hot sauce, dill pickles and cloves with a side of mustard. Since I can't taste anything anyway, but I'm not even hungry. So it isn't worth the effort. I'll stay in touch. Trump sucks. Well, Dave, you still got your sense of humor. God bless you. And I've been told <laughs> that people who lose their sense of taste and smell um, usually have milder cases. That may be a totally apocryphal tale because we've all been told all kinds of things, right? Um, hang on a minute. I have not been checking my... Uh, my phone. 
I do have a caller. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, this is Roger. I, I tried calling last week, but you just got too busy. Or last time Dave called, actually, because he was said was talking about an argument he got in with some guy at the bar who loved. Yeah, that's like how that. he got COVID. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, who the hell's going to a bar nowadays? Yeah, that's I, right. I, I, he knows. And I, I told him yeah, he was I an idiot. Like, okay, all right. I, I just want to make sure that's the same Dave. I'm like, holy. That shit. is. Mm. Okay, well, he, by the way, he said yesterday, almost everybody in the bar is sick, and the bar's been closed down. Well, that's why bars should be closed down, and then they, <laughs> then they bitch about it and say well, how evil Tom Wolf is for closing us down. They're like, yeah, Ugh. yeah. And I'm like, I know, why I know. is Dave hanging out these places? But I can't, I can't hang out with these people. I can't. I don't know why he does it. But anyway, um, regarding all the stuff about emails getting, you know, we're getting, we're, I mean, we're getting deluged with emails from everybody about yeah. politically, and. I am. I've already voted, so I was like, "Quit wasting your time with me," you know. And I, um, you know, and and I'll like, I'll unsubscribe from a lot of these places just to limit the emails. I cannot um, unsubscribe to Donald Trump for some reason. He's got me. I what somehow got on this list. I cannot unsubscribe from. You Donald mean there's Trump. no way to unsubscribe? There or is, you and they ask for more information. When you click unsubscribe, they ask for more information. <laughs> Like, oh, well, don't give them anymore. Like, I'm not giving them anymore. So I'll just, well, I'm, can't I'm, you I'm block just, it? No. You can block them. I, Put it, say, mark it as – yeah. Spam. Yeah, I already did that. Yeah. But it was interesting. I could I could unsubscribe to all these, you know, you know, all these other Facebook affiliations who are pro-democratic or pro or anti-Trump. But with the Trump, nope, it was – nope, I've just been unsubscribed, so screw it. Um <laughs> Earlier, you were talking about debate mm-hmm. and how it was just for show and selling stuff. And I agree because I think the last real debate that I saw that really made any difference was probably the debates between Gore and Bush. I think after that, it's all, it, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And the candidates, I think, are like pressured into going to them. Otherwise, they're labeled a coward, I guess. Well, right, yeah, they, that. yeah, exactly. They have to go. I mean, I mean, what, 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 do, what do you? They're, they're, it's not impacting anything anymore. So, what's the purpose except to sell? Well, I don't know, and because they, as I, and even, in, and they won't answer the questions, and the, the the format doesn't work. I don't know. Maybe at some point, it's hard to. Uh, pull out of that just because of what you say. It'll be used by the opposition, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it serves next to no purpose whatsoever. Uh, these it, it, and one last thing: um, what if Biden just said, "You know what? What idiot?" And he could publicly say this: "What idiot labeled this cause defund the police?" And just say, "Look." I, we need to fix things, but I think calling it a defund the police is it's not accurate, and also I think it's stupid. Why don't you just call it out if that would help at all with well, that notion yeah. that we needed to fund the police? Because it is a big, it's a, just a big campaign slogan for Republicans now. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where defund the police makes sense and what they're saying. I, I know, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you look at what happened in Philly. Uh, the other night with that uh, a mentally ill man uh, gunned down, again, killed by police. His family had called 911, and they had asked for an ambulance. They had asked for medical care. They said he was mentally ill, and they needed help. And 911 sent cops who immediately are got their guns out and can think of nothing else to do but kill a guy because that's what they do with mentally ill people especially black people his parents are there screaming he's sick don't blah blah you know and and they still kill 
So defunding police would be like, okay, let's take money away from the police to create a separate unit that is for mental health intervention, right? I mean, there's that kind of reformation of the system we have where police would never be called to a situation like that, where the only thing they know is kill. They really seem, even in this day and age, you got to wonder, and how, why can't they, he got shot, I don't know how many times, two officers shot him, somebody can't shoot him in the leg, I don't get it, they can't tase him, they can't, I mean, why do they have to kill? It's mind-blowing to me. Oh, no, no, it is, but, no, I agree with everything you just said, but what's so hard for Democrats and anybody who understands there's a problem, yeah. say, we can't call it this shit. We got because we, we Democrats got to approach are, it a different way. Roger, you know damn well Democrats have a inability to frame things. They're always, always choosing the wrong words that get used against them. Even when we <laughs> first said climate warming. Remember how that got used against us? So then we moved to climate change, which was better, um, and global warming. Yeah, that, that turned out not to be quite right. We never quite do it. Republicans are very good at this because they know bumper sticker mentality, and that's how they, that's how they roll. And we don't. We're into, um, er, on the other hand, this, that. But somebody said, and it was somebody with a much more uh, radical agenda, said defund the police. And they said it to a bunch of angry protesters, and it got picked up. It's not like the Democratic Party said, hey, that's a good idea. Let's defund the police. But it got called that. And you're right. They don't handle it well. Yeah, I just I, I don't, I, I I don't just know. wish that. I just Biden could address that and just say, look, yeah. people, we know there's a problem. Defunding yeah. the police is not the answer. I understand what you're saying. It just, it's just very simple to address, and nobody's addressing it. I, I don't get mm -hmm. it. Well, hell, add that to the list of things we don't get. Thanks for the call, Roger. Hang in. All right. Well, I'll talk to you. Good luck next week. I'm sorry you're going through all It's that. in a week, two weeks, two weeks from today. Oh, two weeks. Or yesterday, yeah. <laughs> No, good luck next week. That's the election. And then then <laughs> I do the search. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck to us all, one and all. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, Chuck writes, you know those emails that you will be happy to never see again once this election's over? Uh, those emails will be quickly replaced with emails. <laughs> From every online vendor you ever used advertising uh, for that the holidays are here. That's right. And because no one will be shopping in brick-and-mortar stores, we're looking at what they are now calling Shipmageddon. Every vendor is going to try to scare you into thinking your packages will not arrive in time for Christmas. And they're probably right. Well... That's good news for Jews. We don't celebrate it. Bree writes, first, I want to wish you good luck. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Bree. I know you all do. And uh, I'm just hoping the doc and the anesthesiologist are having a good day. That's all I'm hoping. Uh, Bree also writes, the other thing is I'm glad the Steelers are doing so well. It is It is a nice, yeah, makes gives you a little happiness. Also makes up for all the time I wasted wishing the Pirates would win the game. Uh, yeah. I am not looking forward to the next week or so. I don't see this being an orderly process. Why would that be, Bree? And he says, I am more than a little worried about how the month of November will affect the U.S. and the world. Did you see the video by CNN's Van Jones, the one where he talks about the importance of concession speeches? It's definitely worth a watch. I did not see it, but uh, thank you for the link. 
uh, here. Um, I've got callers, so let's get get to them. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Hey, um, I was saying about addressing that on the defunding of police. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where Democrats always do this on their own people. Biden's addressed that more than one occasion. If you're following him, he's done that. So I don't mm-hmm. know where he gets that. I've seen that more than once. He said he's okay. not funding the police. He did say that. So, so you can't eat your own. You got to stay in line, Democrats. And that's why the Republicans do as well. Just like when they win, you got to stay in line and vote the same way. That's how they got the tax cut. We seem to want to stray our own ways. I think. I think everything's in on one page now. But that happens so many times with Democrats. I don't get why they go for their own. Go for Trump. Don't go anybody. I don't give a shit what Biden does. Go for Trump. That's how I look at it. Thank you. And he's going to lose, and he's going to lose big. I can't wait. I'm, it's like Christmas. I can't, it's almost, Christmas Eve's coming here. This is going to be a. I'm going to be out on the street celebrating. Okay. All right. I I guarantee he's going to win. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you. All right. Bye. I think we have one more call. Hello. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike. Hi, Mike. Um, talk about something a little lighter than politics. Oh, sure. Um, and that's what to do with all of the emails that come in. So I have two email accounts, one old one that I rarely check. So when I have to put an email account in for a Guardian or for Huffington Post or whatever, I use that one. So that one gets all of my spam, and I check it maybe once every other month once every other week or something to make sure that there's nothing important in it. And then I have my email account that I use for friends and you and um, for things that are important, house sale that I look at every day. So it's my way of managing that crap so that my inbox doesn't have a million. But don't um, they get hold of that? They must get hold of that email too. Not as often, not as often as they get a hold of my hotmail account. So that's the one I use for my crap. Okay. And then you know, there's still junk sometimes in my other one, but not nearly as much <laughs> as Jeez. in the Hotmail account. And the Hotmail account even actually knows when it's spam, and it has mm-hmm. like a special feature where there's focused and other. So it it sends most of that crap right to it. But about the about the um, Biden campaign contacting us. I voted already, so I'm getting texts, right? And the text mm-hmm. says, we see that you've already voted. Good for you. Can you reach out and talk to three people? Yeah, so I'm getting those two. I, uh, so I know. know exactly, they know exactly who's voted, when they voted. It's, you know, like, no, I still wish they'd I, shut I, up. I know. Well, I think, it's annoying. I think they have so many, so much money, which is awesome. And, and so many so volunteers, many, they don't know what to right, do. Right. And we can't knock on doors anymore. And even when I was knocking on doors for Clinton, people would say, don't give me one of your flyers. Save it for somebody else. And you don't need to come back because the pitch then was, <laughs> we'll come back the day before. Right. <laughs> no, no. We're no, both. please don't. don't right. <laughs> oh, my so, God. When I look at all the paper that's come in, yeah, I mean, just the flyers of this or that. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, God bless them. Support and money is good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, Trump yeah. is pulling out of places, and Biden is putting money into places. Yeah. There's right. no way that that's bad. No, no way that Even that's bad. That clearly, tr- right, 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 right. Uh, Trump is clearly on defense. I do worry about Pennsylvania, but um, it could be that uh, Biden won't need us if, perchance, we disappoint again. Well, I'm worried because so many of you voted on in um, mail-in because what's going to take place first are all of the people who voted yeah. in person. And it's going to look like Pennsylvania is going to Donald Trump because mm-hmm. they're not going to count your votes until after some, some county. Because the Republican the legislature says we can't. Right. But you can start counting that at 8 in the morning. 
in is it Cambridge County, some county outside of Harrisburg, is not going to start counting until eight o'clock that night because they know that the mail-in votes are mostly Democratic, and they don't want to make it look early on. They're not going to count during the day, so each county can decide when they're going to start well, sure. counting their votes throughout the day. And most of the counties of Pennsylvania are Republican counties uh, right. by far, and they're so run they're by delay. Republicans. Yeah. So they're going to yeah. delay it to give the illusion that Trump yeah. has more votes than he has. Yeah. Crooked, crooked, crooked. And they caught, you know, and yeah. so that's what I'm worried you. about with Pennsylvania. Okay. Well, you keep worrying. We all have to keep ourselves busy. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> bye. Bye. And the little Tony just wants to remind you that you drop your ballot off in person at 542 Forbes Avenue. You know, if you're in front of the Caligiri statue, that's the city county building. If you walk through that front door and keep walking and straight out the back door, you're looking at 524 Forbes Avenue. So it's directly in back of the city county building, okay? Um, no more satellite office drop-off, so that's the only place you can go. And uh, go, okay? Don't do the mail anymore. Um, also, I just want to quickly have one. I don't watch this show that's set here in Pittsburgh that's very popular, This Is Us, but uh, apparently last night... It was on, and um, one of its characters is, you know, played by that uh, wonderful actor Sterling K. Brown, and um, he tells in this episode last night, told his son, I guess, no, his daughter's boyfriend. Um, He's black, by the way. Um, the show stays current, so they're talking about George Floyd uh, being killed. And then last night on the show, he shared the story of Johnny Gamage with his daughter's boyfriend. And they quote him. This is from the script from last night of this highly rated show. I'm glad Johnny Gamage got some attention. It says Johnny was the cousin of Ray Seals. Ray was a former defensive end for the Steelers. Johnny was 31. He was driving home one night in his fancy car. Cops tried to pull him over for an expired registration. He ended up getting pinned down by five of them. He died right there. And then they actually flash back and you see the young guy watching um, Pittsburgh coverage in 95 of the Johnny Gamage case. Boy, talk about going out into the streets. Those were some huge rallies. The first one my son went to. He was three years old. And he was, he was chanting, no justice, no peace. And that was 1995. Mm. Okay. That'd be it for me. Um, hang in there. <laughs> hang in there. We're all pretty much twiddling our thumbs and treading water here, but let's keep our heads above it, okay? Okay. Talk to you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com.
The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.